Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me today is North Texas women's basketball head coach Jason Burton. Um, coach, how are you doing today? I'm good. A little tired, man, but I'm good. It was a long night last night. Yes, it was. We will talk about that uh, plenty. Um, I was watching the game, and obviously I, I had reached out to you know the North Texas SIDs and stuff. And like, hey, can we get Coach Burton on for podcast? I think I did that on, on Sunday or Monday. And knowing y'all had a game yesterday, and I was like, well, you just got to hope they win it. Because <laughs> if not, it'll be like, oh, damn. And then it went to four overtimes. So I was like, please let them win this game. Yeah. So So that way. Uh, it's a more uh, jovial podcast, <laughs> no but um, yeah, well, 21 and seven overall, 11 and five in conference play with two games left. Um, I thought this was like a good time just to, to get you on to talk and get North Texas fans uh, kind of the pulse of how you're feeling going into it, because it kind of picks up real quickly after this. You have uh, games, Rice, Memphis and then tournaments. So uh, this is the last little break. Um but we can start with last night, 93-91 win over East Carolina in the Super Pit in a quadruple overtime. Um, one of the more incredible things I've ever I've seen uh, covering North Texas. Uh, just I, I don't know where to start. Where, what was it like for you? What was it like? Uh, I've never been a part of anything like that ever. Um, and as recently, we've been playing all these close games, uh, mm -hmm. all these overtime games, and then we had these, we just keep having chances to close it out and something would happen. Miss free throw here. I know in regulation, we're down one, we get fouled and we split the free throws, had to get a stop, go to overtime. Mm -hmm. I really, like I went back and the day I was like, I'm not going to watch the whole game. I'm just going to watch like the last minute and a half of every, of regulation and the four overtimes to start. And I'll go back and I'll watch the rest later on. And yeah. we just had opportunities to close it out as well as they did. And, and, um, we found a way to get it done. And so when that game was tough, when, when, when you just don't have legs, it's like, who's going to, who's going to contest a shot a little bit more. Who's going to make free throws. Who's going to block out down the stretch. And I mean, they had three clean looks that last uh, or one clean look and then two tip ins. Um, and that last overtime and we, we were able to pull it out. And so uh, hats off to our, our team, man, because they stuck with it. We had players cramping. We had, Players just completely gassed in pain and and um, found a way to get it done. And normally, you know, you see Desiree Colonel or or Tamisha Lampkin in foul trouble in regulation, and for them to be able to last that whole time and and play discipline without fouling was huge for us. Yeah, I mean, Colonel ends with with zero fouls. I was gonna ask you how that's possible in fifty six minutes. Uh, like as a coach, you'd be like, hey, just give me one foul here. Just. <laughs> I was okay with it because no, you know, normally we're playing with one of those two on the bench because of foul trouble and it yeah. changes your rotation. And so to be able to have them on the floor because ECU is so, and they're so big inside. They got the twins. They transferred over from Florida. They got my, my, who was out of high school, one of the best recruits in the, in the country. And uh, their interior is just, is, is huge. And then you look at their guard play and um, you know, the name, the name McNeil is, was up for player of the year preseason. And, and she's going to be in the conversation for player of the year. And, they're just long. And so it's, they, they make it extremely tough to, to score on them. And, and, you know, they're like fifth in the country and turnovers forced, they average 22 forced turnovers a game. And so, you know, to get in that game and only have 24 for four overtimes was, was a huge accomplishment. And then for DK to, and Meese to stay out of foul trouble and against this, the size of their interior was, was huge for us. 
Yeah, because I mean, following your team um, just throughout the year, obviously Desiree and, and Tamisha have been like the heart of, of the team, and um, you know, both of them get double doubles. They combine for was it forty five points and thirty two rebounds. Um, you mentioned, I mean, they both play over fifty three minutes. Uh, just the the play of those two, not just in this game, but like throughout the year, and how they've been that like steadying force for your team. How how comforting is that, and how? I mean, impressive, obviously, for you, Desiree, coming over with you from, from Commerce. Uh, just what has it been like with those two? Yeah, I mean, I knew they were going to be good. I, I didn't know they were going to be this good. And and probably the most impressive thing is just their efficiency. I think Misha is either fourth or fifth in the country in yeah, field goal percentage. or something like that. 64%. And then, you know, DK is shooting above 50%. So for your, your front court to – be as dominant as they are and do it efficiently. They're, they're, they're scoring on not a lot of shots. And for a long stretch, you know, DK was one of the best as far as uh, free throw attempts and free throws made in the country. And she's still up there. I think she's top 20 still. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, it helps out our guard so much. And they, they were such a huge, just impact really carrying us early on. But now you, we, our guard plays really has really ramped up. I thought defensively, um, our guards have been good for the most part, but they're starting to score the ball and shoot the ball a lot better now. And, and um, you know, one player that probably doesn't get enough credit for us is, is Sham Duncan, who transferred over from Wichita State. She's just been elite defensively for us and, and down the stretch in pretty much every overtime uh, and in regulation. She's guarding Danae McNeil, and, and she's the one that's forcing tough shots. And there was a couple possessions where they don't even get a shot off, and, and it's because of – uh, how good of a job she did defensively, and she does defensively. And I thought our guards have really stepped up on the defensive end. And like I said, the scoring's picked up. I knew that it was going to take a little bit of time for Diani just coming off of her injury. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, she's had a huge conference run for us, averaging, you know, somewhere around 13 points a game. Um, I thought that January would be kind of when she started to peak and, and get that confidence back. And, um, you know, we, we had a conversation because she started a few games here and there. And every time she did, there would be a little bit of a dip. And I just, we wanted to take the pressure off of her um, and, and allow her to continue to get her confidence back. And I think she's just playing, she's just been playing so well um, in her role off the bench and, and really providing a spark for us. And then a lot, it also allows us to play some two point guard lineups with her and Ariana that, mm-hmm. that have really been good for us. And so um, I like where we're at as a team. And I, I think that obviously those two, Mish and, and DK, have done such a good job for us inside. But to see the the guard play really start to step up and and play well down the stretch has been huge for us. Yeah, you 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 mentioned it, but Duncan was probably the one that I was the least familiar with, at least coming into the year. Um, obviously, new new Jacqueline, um, new Desiree to a degree, new um, Diani, and uh, outside of those three, it was like, all right, Duncan. And then I went and looked at it, and it was like, all right, all conference like defender of Wichita State and stuff like yeah. that. And then she comes in and she's shooting the ball at a, at a high rate yeah. too now yes that's like the three and d that you need uh to complement the the bigs it feels like that's it, it feels like it's all kind of falling into place and it, fe- it felt like it was already falling into place like early in the year because y'all were winning games and stuff like that but now in conference where like you get in these battles where it's like overtime and everybody scouted each other it's like those are the players that you have to have step up um and make big shots yeah and then and then you know one more player that she's really coming on is Desiree Wooten. Um, You know, she's a redshirt freshman for us that was injured most of last year for them. And, but, you know, she's another player that defensively and 
um, has been tremendous. But now offensive game is starting to come around. She had her career high last night with 16 and and um, uh, did it efficiently and is just playing with a whole lot of confidence. And so, you know, it's exciting, too, because majority of our team is coming back. You know, we lose a, a two pieces, two huge pieces in, in Desiree Colonel and, and Deani Robinson. But to have, you know, the bulk of your team coming back and really your entire backcourt besides one guard, um, you know, that's exciting for our future. And, and you know, they'll, they'll have a, a, a year of our system under their belt now. So they'll feel a lot more comfortable to start the year next year. I think that our guard play to start the year next year is going to be a lot better not early on. So that's, and I think you'll see, um, you know, more production from both Jock and Sham at, at, on the offensive end as well. Yeah, I talked to you before the year, and I, I you know, could obviously feel like the excitement that you had for this team and whatnot. But like, what's what surprised you, I guess, along the way, or what's been even better than than you had hoped going into the year? I, I'm sure there's multiple answers, but like, what's stood out to you now that you're 21 and seven overall? Just how it was, it was going to come together because we had. I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember when exactly we talked, but majority of the summer and fall, we were practicing with like eight or nine players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sham Duncan was out with an injury. Deani was coming back from injury. Um, Jalen Mallard injured. We probably had, you know, four or five people that were just injured. Um, somebody had a concussion this summer as well. And then we had a, we had a key transfer that we were counting on a play this year that hadn't even suited up a game for us this year. And so, it was kind of like if we can get healthy, we got a chance. And then you, you know you don't know how quickly everything's going to come together because it wasn't just you know me being in a new place. But I mean, this is a staff that I, I've known a lot of people on our staff for a long time, but we hadn't necessarily worked together. Only two of the coaches, two of our seven, had actually been with me at some point. Mm-hmm. The rest uh, were kind of putting it together, and so for everything to kind of come together as quickly as it did, and then just the buy-in it, it sometimes it takes a little while for for the buy-in to happen i think some of those early wins really helped out um the win at sfa was huge because yes sf sfa i mean obviously coach Bishop, coach Bishop's my guy i've known for forever but that program is such a uh winning program and and they and they smacked us last year at our place and so to be able to go to nacogdoches and and win handedly Early on, I think that kind of gave us a lot of confidence going forward in the season. And so it built and you could kind of feel that this belief as the season kind of went on that, OK, you know, we, we yeah. got a chance to have something special. And then, you know, it was we felt great going into conference play and then we lost Evan Moore, our practice player. Um, and that kind of hit us hard. And so it was that was going into the first conference game at Charlotte. We just kind of fell apart that game in the second quarter and and still played solid and and um played actually good enough to win. We just shot like 40% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um so you lose that one and then we're at Temple. And you know, if, if you're paying attention to what the American Conference is doing right now, Temple's sitting in first place. Yeah. So to win that second game on the road at Temple was so huge. And I think, you know, that did a lot for our belief as well. And so, man, this is it's you know, I, I thought we would have a chance to be good and really build this thing. And I thought we would get better as the year went on. But I didn't think that um, you want to believe you could be this good. But it's 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 yeah. it's hard to always see it. And so it's it's it's. Uh, but now that we're here, you know, I and we're healthy. Uh, we've stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. I just think we got as good a shot as, as anybody to win this thing. Yeah, I, I will say I, I remember I watched y'all's game against Texas A and M uh, at College Station, and my main takeaway was Desiree Colonel. Can- <laughs> 
can can hoop. That was my first time really seeing her. Yeah. And I think she had tw- I, I, say I have the box score. I don't think she like went crazy, but yeah, it was like twelve points, twenty two minutes. But she went two or three from three. I was like, okay, she could step away. The shot looks good. I was like, all right, she, her, and Lampkin give me a one two punch, and they didn't play great that game. But I was like, they were going up against you know Janai Barker and and yeah, Ware, and they're like, good. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, I'm buying the. I, I have a clip. I remember I was like, I'm buying the front court here, and yeah. so then the SFA win is really for me. What like, okay, this is this is different. This is and that that A and M one that A and M game, you know, if you only watched the second half, you would think we were pretty good. That first half, we just yeah, <laughs> it, it were like we're playing A and M, and I think that it, it was still early in our tenure. We hadn't really won a whole lot, and so I don't think we really believed that we could win that game at first. And then the second half, we kind of settled in. And we're like, let's just start making some plays. And as we made plays, yeah. I think that second half is what carried us into the SFA game. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, we made a run. I think we cut it. We were down by like 20 plus, um, cut it to a 10 point game. And then yeah. I think we end up losing by 12 or 15, somewhere around there. But that second half was a completely different game. And, and we carried that into the SFA game. And um, yeah, I, I knew though, you know, when Deion Robinson got hurt last year, um, Desiree Colonel started to become a different player. And then if you watch the Southland Conference tournament last year, she just took over. Um, mm-hmm. And she took that mentality with her over here to North Texas. And she's been playing as that player ever since. And so, um, you know, it's definitely different competition. Like you, you, you level up, we're in the American league. And um, so it's different, it's different players, but I think the confidence that, and the belief that she started playing with, you know, with herself, within herself last year. Um, and then just having, you know, better pieces around her. Tamisha Lampkin is one of the best, probably it's the best player she's ever played with as far as a big. And so to have, it's hard to double. It's hard to double when you got shooters around you. You got another elite post next to you. That's a, that's allowed her game to kind of open up a little bit. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I wasn't going to ask about this, but I mean, just watching y'all's games, the the interior passing, like not uh, big to big, but also like I don't know. I feel like the guards when they get in there usually have a good sense of where they are. It's that's that's it's not rare, but it's, it's a learned trait. It's a trait that's really, I don't know, watching more and more women's basketball. It's like, all right, those like passes inside the paint from one to the other is something that's kind of, in my opinion, is tough a lot of times. Um, I feel like they, they did that really well yesterday. There was that one, obviously the one clip where it was pass to pass to pass for a layup. Yeah. Um, is that something you feel like y'all have gotten better at? Or is that something? Yeah. Like- I mean, it's something we we've, we've talked about all year and really we drilled home lately because there was a stretch in which Mish and DK were just turning the ball over a whole lot because we were mm-hmm. getting doubled and triple teamed and and yeah. um we got to find the windows and you got to find them early and so we, we've been talking a whole lot of just about early reads and recognizing the doubles and um you know either catch chin check or facing up early whenever you get a touch and and the issue with DK early this year though was she was so unselfish all she wanted to do was pass the ball to Mish. Mm-hmm. And so that that progression from from her like being somebody that just wanted to pass and being a scorer to, I mean, the UAB game, her stat line was ridiculous. It was it's I think only one player has had that stat line since yeah. and they said 09-10, where she shot seventy five percent from the field, had over twenty points, over ten rebounds, and had seven assists with no with no turnovers. DK really likes to pass the ball, um, and and when she's making making like the right read, she's elite, and she has a chance to to just be a pro at some point and, and whether that's overseas or wherever. I mean, that, that, that young lady's a pro when she wants to be it. Yeah. 
I remember seeing that that and I was like, I, I know every women's team since 2016. Cause that's when I covered, that was my first team I covered was the women's team in 2016. And I was like, I, I don't remember a stat line like that since 2016. So it had to be before that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ridiculous. You, you mentioned the American real quick. We can close out with this, but uh, you know, half a game out from temple who only has four losses. Uh, y'all have five, you and Tulsa both sitting at five losses. Um, they play tonight. Too. And they play tonight. Uh, who they got tonight? Dude? I'm, temple obviously. plays Tulsa. Oh, there you go. There we go. All right. Someone's going to get a loss. Someone's going to yeah, get a loss. Someone's going to get a loss. <laughs> um, but even outside of that, man, the top, I mean, everybody besides three teams in the conference is like 500 or better. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, USF, who obviously, you know, USF, East Carolina, all these teams are like eight and eight, eight and seven. UTSA just got Jordan Jenkins back eight and seven. Uh, what is, what has it been like going through this conference? How would you describe it? it it's, it's tough, man. I don't think people realize how tough this league is. Um, one, you got elite coaches. I mean, you you could have never count UTSA out. I don't care if Jordan Jenkins is no. playing or not yeah. because Karen Aston's over there. And, and you know, she's an elite coach. And people like Kim McNeil, who was coach of the year last year for, for East Carolina. I mean, they've both those teams have dealt with injuries. South Florida's dealt with injury. You talk about another elite coach and Jose Fernandez. Like, you have to have game plan and then other game plans as the game goes on mm-hmm. with this and then the talent level man like there there's very few people that you if you give up open shot it's going to go in in this league and so um and it's the style of plays man everybody has you know what they do really well you got a couple people that that play fast and play princeton and shoot the threes the tulsas man their tulsa is going to spread you out and shoot the ball um i mean karen ass and utsa they're one of the best defensive teams along with south florida and east carolina who we just played it's it is a gauntlet man and you can lose on any given night and and it's so important to protect home that's why we're a little disappointed we dropped those last two at home because if you win your home games um it gives you a shot to win the league but you got to protect home floor because it's it's really almost impossible to to win on the road in this league man the teams are so good and and uh and the travels the travel's not easy either especially with the schedule um you know it's not a consistent schedule with the Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, yeah. like some leagues have because they're trying to, you know, get us on TV. And so you may be playing like we're, we're just coming off, of, I think, four games and 12 day stretch. So you, we went game two days, game two days for four I mean for 12 straight days. And that was a beast in itself. And so it's the league is tough. The players are really good. Um, and so for us to be having the success that we're having right now, man, it, it says a lot about just the young ladies are, are in our locker room and, and the staff and, and the job they're doing. Yeah. Got Rice on Saturday. Um, obviously, that's another tough one. I think they're <laughs> nine and seven. And obviously, year after year, they're always a really good program. So um, that'll be uh, interesting as well. And then you close out with Memphis and then, boom, AAC Fort tournament Worth. in Fort Worth. Yeah. It's all happening. The blessing is in Fort Worth, man. I'm, I'm, we're happy about that right there, dude. You know, well, hey, I mean, when it was Conference USA, it was great. We would just go to Frisco. Go to Frisco. And yeah. Me and yeah, me and Colin would just sit there, and it'd be like, all right, the women's game morning, then the men's game afternoon, then we just sit there for hours. I mean, we got credentials, but we were just fans. We were just watching the game in the media <laughs> row, so it was uh, easy for us. Some great uh, memories in there. I mean, I'm you're living the life out there at LSU, though. What was that? You're living the life down there in Baton Rouge, though. Yeah, it's 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 all right. It's all right. I got got something out there. I gotta talk to Kim Mulkey every every day and try to get get quotes out of her. 
Um, so it's a little interesting, but I mean, that's where, that's where I noticed, I mean, Desiree and, and Tamisha, I mean, watching them, I mean, having watched, you know, Kim Mulkey teams the last three years, it's like, all right, you figure out how like the bigs learn to play off each other. And I think that's a really like in the women's game, especially, I always say the women's game is like post more post oriented in a lot of ways. Um, at least a lot of the, the, the dominant teams, obviously it's like, if you could figure that out, you get shots close to the basket. It's a, it's a, just a game changer. Yeah. So. no doubt all right man well 20 minutes uh kept you long enough i appreciate you for getting up i mean it wasn't that early or anything but uh, 11 o'clock after finishing your game at 10 p.m uh thanks for joining me this is this is great and best of luck the rest of the way man we'll be rooting for you we'll be tuning in appreciate you matt thanks coach